Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, we're back on a Sunday, and it is a beautiful day outside. Holy shit. What are we doing in here? Uh, wasting time. Providing entertainment to the masses. That's what we're doing. Our fucking jobs, Mark. Oh, yeah, oh, that. Okay, but I'd rather be outside. That's very nice. Yeah, I was outside. It is nice. How, what have you guys been up to since last time? Anything you want to bring up? Uh, I watched Pray for the Devil. With an E, that's important. Uh, so expect a mini here probably in the next few weeks about that one. It was all right. That movie is so interesting. Yeah. I have I have so many thoughts about it. Uh, oh, and then I watched a terrifying movie. Mm. It's called The Terminator. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if it's rare. I think I it's bootleg. But heard of that one. Yeah. I had a really struggle to find it. I found like an old eight millimeter film of it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it was worth it. I think that stars some bodybuilder. No name. No, no yeah, just some yeah. random guy. Yeah. Arnold, uh, Arnaldo, I can't remember. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I watched that. Man, such a good movie. Holds up very well. It is very good. And I would go out to say that it's probably the best of the franchise. Seconded. Don't look at me. Tripled? <laughs> I've been saying that since we started talking about robots. No, He's a Genesis fan. I mean, give him some break. He didn't a, even know those existed. <laughs> big fan of T3 Rise of the Machine, especially that part where Arnold puts his hand out and says, talk to the hand. Yeah. No. Yes. Does that really, I can't, I don't even remember that. That's when I knew the movie was over. <laughs> and that's oh, seven no. minutes into the film. And I was like, fuck this movie straight into the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Poor Arnold. Not really, though. Yeah, he's had a real hard go of it. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's really the only thing he's known for. So, yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> you guys watching The Last of Us at all? Yeah. Okay. How's that hold up? It's pretty spot on. Uh, I mean, they they fleshed out some of the side characters and, and had some pretty good episodes here and there with that. Uh, but it's following the story of the game pretty straightforward. Oh, that's cool. Really nice. entertaining. Do uh, you find your enjoyment less of it knowing that you know what's going to come? A little bit. Mm. Right. I know exactly what's going to happen. As soon as I see certain characters, I'm like, okay, this part of the game. Okay. okay. Cool. But it's still really good. So, they, have you seen a quick time event yet where you have to like pause and play the movie? Oh, yeah. Happen. You have to push the volume button as fast as possible. To- <laughs> yeah. Happened first episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Press X not to die. Yeah. John, what have you been up to? Yeah, you thought I was going to say Mark, didn't you? I already said what I've been up to. I know. I was just fucking yeah. with Mark. Uh, since then, nothing. Okay, Mark, what have you been up to then? In the last few seconds, John has done nothing else. I've checked out the Resident Evil 4 demo that dropped a few days ago. It's really good. I'm really excited for that game to come out. If you guys want to check it out, it's called the Chainsaw Demo. It's available on all platforms. Yeah. No, um, I played it. I did know we were going to talk about video games on a movie podcast, but... We do all the time. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's pretty regular. <laughs> Where you been? Um, no, it's I'm, actually really cool, dude. I'm very excited for that franchise to continue doing remakes, and I'm crossing my fingers. I know it probably won't happen, but where is my Code Veronica remake Capcom? Yeah, you heard that it here one, first. If they're going to go retool everything, that one can use some retooling. It's a fun game with a shit story. Fix it. Wow. Mark's been on talking about this for years. Check our back catalog. So Yeah. All right. Well, unless there's anything else, let's get into Scream 6. Directed by the same fellows that brought us five, the two gentlemen that did Ready or Not, Matt Bettinelli-Open and Tyler Gillette, written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. This one stars Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter, Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy Meeks Martin, Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin, Hayden Panettiere as Kirby Reed, Devin Nakoda as Annika, Josh Segara as Danny Brackett, Jack Champion as Ethan, Liana Liberato as Quinn Bailey, Tony Revolori as Jason Carvey, Samara Weaving as Laura Crane, Dermot Mulrooney as Detective Bailey, and Henry Zerny as Dr. Christopher Stone. 
Did you leave anybody out? Because it's not like you know. named everybody in There's this so movie. There's so many people in this movie. Yeah. There's Don't worry, tons of people in this movie. They mostly get screamed at, so it's fine. <laughs> Very loudly. They had to yeah. put cotton balls in there. Yeah, ears. a lot of shouting in this movie. Currently, Rotten Tomatoes has this at a 75% with the critics and 93% with the audience. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Way too fucking Oh, high. my God. No, this I, I would say this might be the sh- most shocking Rotten Tomatoes score I've ever heard. Agree. Ninety three percent. Guys, could we be out of touch? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's not us. It's the kids. <laughs> yeah. I've I, I did kind of look around. You know, I went to Bloody Disgusting, and they gave it a five out of fucking five. And I'm like, you think this is a flawless execution of a movie? <sighs> Bloody Disgusting. What are you doing? Did it's not perfect at all. See that final act? Like, did did they? Maybe they left early. Okay. Maybe so shocking yeah, yeah. news. I've had the chance to sit on this movie a little bit and think about it, and I actually enjoyed a lot more than I initially did. But five out of five, 90 something percent. Mm. Wow. Wow. Like, are we just that desperate for horror movies right now? Are no. we, have we just lowered our standards? I, I think mean, that's it. It's like, yeah, there's plenty of new stuff coming out. So much. I, I mean, again, I don't want to shit on this movie because actually, like, with more thought, I, I actually enjoyed quite a bit of it and I have a lot of positive things to say about it. But good God, five out of five. Yeah, that's I, I can't. I just I don't even know what to say about this. Well, while you collect yourself, here's what IMDb says the synopsis is. In the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. New York City. Get a rope. Ghostface from New York City? <laughs> of well, the Long Island Ghostfaces? <laughs> yes, the very ones. Well, fellas, uh, I've said it before, and just to remind any listeners, new and old, the Scream franchise is not for me. I recently watched all of them within the last year and a half because we just did Scream 5, it feels like, last week. Yeah. But here we are again. I don't like them. I like part one, and that is it. I and agree. I do not recommend this movie. I really enjoy one. I Actually, I love one. I really enjoy part two. Part three, eh, four. Honestly, they could just wipe that from existence and I would lose no sleep. Five, I had issues with, but I liked what they were trying to do. And then Scream 6, which we will get into today. This movie had a good idea, this franchise, and it was like a good one-shot movie. And to see that there is now six going on seven, because seven's already been greenlit. Has it? For next year. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Your six going on seven. So, uh, it, it, there's just not enough here for this. Uh, if I have to sit through one more of those fucking rules monologues, just <sighs> shoot me. There's those, a rule. <laughs> those have got... <laughs> Those scenes have become so tedious, dude. Like, I just, I sigh, I cross my arms and just, like, frown at the screen when they started doing it again. It's so long now. It's the same character, too. Yeah. Mindy. I love Mindy. I hate Mindy. Uh, I love Mindy. I hate the twins. They could cut them both out of the movie and and it wouldn't have affected a thing. Bro, they needed their wonder twin powers, though, so. Oh, and we need them to say core four for an hour and a half. Uh, Jeez, they're really trying to make that a thing. It's not going to happen. Somebody thought it was funny. Isn't that that math thing? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What's that new math? Core math or something like that? Common core? Common I, core. Don't I don't know. We've, we've all been out of school for so long. Again, here. it's we... not us. It's the kids. Sure. It <laughs> but, is. Yeah. I don't know if it's the actress. I actually think it's more likely that. Oh, I have no problem with her. Yeah. It's the way they write her character. Yes. She's terrible. And she's not given a lot to work with. And how do you have, like, how do you extend this to like a 10, 15 minute scene of her just rambling? Like, imagine that in real life. Like, one of you, you one, guys do a podcast with me. You know exactly what that's like in real life. Yeah. No, we're but in a you podcast. don't stop me and go, this is how this would be in a movie, and then b- begin to explain how the things in a movie happen. Especially after you were violently attacked. Right. And but, this 
this movie is supposed to be taking place in quote unquote the real world, our characters are going to stop and you like, guys, suss yeah, it out up, like a movie. Up. Here's the rules for doing a podcast. <laughs> All right. Rule one. It could be either one of you that gets told to be shutting up. So long. So long. So, I mean, I'm with, I think part of the reason I dislike this movie is I'm just burnt out on this franchise. So Very I'm burnt out so. on the concept. Yes. Yeah. It was good the first time. Yeah. Uh, John, I, I did want to ask you. Mm-hmm. You said you went back and rewatched five. I did. In my mind, I like five more than six. Ooh. Is that true or false? I like six more than five only because... I rewatched them also. Uh, Ghostface is is actually much scarier and aggressive and physical in this movie than in five where there's just a lot of unnecessary chasing. Okay. Five's more like a racing movie. Gotcha. Uh, this one's much more of a stabbing movie. Gentlemen, it's start a- your masks. And the main lady, what you, uh, Sam, Samantha. Sarah, Samantha. Samantha Carpenter. Oh, also... Like nails on a chalkboard every time they say their fucking last name because it's such a like it's a reference to other horror stuff. Yes, yes, it's so obvious and painful to hear. But anyway, Samantha did much better acting in this film than in the last one. Okay, who's Good. the younger sister? She was in something recently that everyone's been She's on. In Wednesday, Wednesday, that's what it is. Jenny Ortega. Yeah. Okay. She was fine too. I wonder how much longer she can play a uh, high school slash college kid. That's a great question. Why don't you ask Aubrey Plaza? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's the same fucking thing forever. She was a mom in the last, her last couple of things, right? In White Lotus, she played an adult. I didn't watch White Lotus. She was the Child's mom play. in Chucky. She was mom, yeah. yeah. No, I, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, she did it for a long time. Ginny Ortega is going to have oh, her yeah. time I get in the spotlight. It. She took the baton of sassy, deadpan face gal. She's mm-hmm. got another so. decade easy of being a child. So even though she's like probably in her 20s, like she looks very young. That's fair. Okay, fellas, I think after, like, you know, Garrett sat on it a while, he likes it a little more. I still don't like this movie, but I think I figured out what my biggest problem with, aside from the meta bullshit that I don't like about this franchise. And it has to do with the fact that our killers are always pimply-faced teens who I feel like I could, I could take in a fight. But once they put on the ghost-faced cloak and mask, it, like they get a plus five to their dexterity and athletics. It's a confidence Dude. boost, bro. There's it, no fucking way that they can out like manhandle half of their victims. It must be armored. They become Steve Austin, the main daughter. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Across well, and running. We see him get hit with bricks, cast iron pans, like sticks, guns, fists. And yet when they take off their mask, not a single bruise, mark, swelling. They're just perfect. Exactly. Does it make any sense, but because this, this franchise has said itself that its villains are human. They're yes. not supernatural by any means, which the trailer had us all wondering, Oh, are they really going to really change it up this time? No, no. In the movie, it's much clearer that the, the ghost face dodges it. I mean, it's almost supernatural in how he knew, but doesn't matter You're talking about the shotgun shot in, in the, the, bodega. the bodega. Okay. Yes. It's much clearer that he does not just vanish. I knew that was not going to be the case. I was like, there's no way this is like that. But I mean, to be fair though, when you make a movie that's all about a twist that you no one should have seen coming, why not fucking in the sixth installment give them some kind of crazy supernatural ability? It might as well give them this something point. that maybe they're like maybe they're juicing, maybe they're all hopped up on like PCP, you know, <laughs> something, and then that explains why they're like just hardcore. They do have supernatural powers, though. The twist is all these characters have Wolverine healing abilities. Ah. That's what it is. They don't mention it in the movie, but you know, you know. When you know, you know. They all came out of the X program. Yes. This Weapon series X. suffers from Star Wars syndrome where everyone has to be related to fucking everyone. Ugh. I am so done with that. 
I get it. Families can be extended. There could be a lot of people related to a lot of people, but this is fucking ridiculous. Like, I was really excited. I was like, oh, this is some random group in New York that's decided to become their own, like, ghost face and really just take the mantle. And it's gone. It's gone global. You know, it's like it's it's franchised out. No, no, not turning the spoilers. They're still fucking related to the characters we knew from the yeah. fucking first movies. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? I'll spoil it. It's Samantha's roommate, second cousin, sister's best friend. Who what? No, it would have been amazing <laughs> if the mask came off and it was Rick Moranis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. All right. I'm in. Fella- Remember me? I'm your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, is this a situation where we allow our imaginations to put together a better movie than they promise? It would yes, not be for hard. you guys, yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, look, I'm not going to harp on all the stupid decisions these characters made. So we'd be here all day. But suffice to say, the characters all did get dumber in between five and six. No. Yeah. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. Here's one example. At one point... Gail has okay. beats the shit out of him with a fucking cast iron pan. He is down. Keep hitting him. Do not stop. Oh, yeah. No, we talked about this in the parking lot. Yes. After the movie. We were like, like, what is the world where you basically hit someone? They fall to their knees and you go done. Run away. You know, like yeah. keep hitting them. Incapacitate them. Again, with legacy characters who have done this shit five times before. This yes. is unacceptable. No, Gail is my one exception to like the, the positive stuff I'll say about this movie. Gail was unacceptable in this movie. She lost. Like, maybe she was just stabbed too many times because then she runs into a closet with one door. Just fucking stay there. You have a gun. You have a gun. Stay there until the cops show up. You have you have a gun and a phone. What more do you need? Instead, she's like, you know what? I'm leaving. Why? I'm going to finish this. I have to. And it's like, fuck off. Like, just, you're safe. Yeah. He can't get in this room. And if he does, pow, 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 pow. Right. And she's got 90 bullets in that fucking handgun. Oh, evidently. don't even count. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did start counting. I was like, this isn't made. Never mind. I was like, there are clips with like nine or 12. The other things that I find unacceptable are when our characters have handguns and then immediately announce oh. before they shoot. So it gives our killers time to get out of the way. Hey, partner, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. Bang, bang. Oh, why don't you bang, bang? And then, hey, look. Yeah. It's that simple. That would be great. Bap, 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 bap. Hey, I'm over here. Yeah. Shotcha. Uh, and then the other thing that really takes me out of this movie more than it feels like any other one. Yo, is, New York. No, love that part. I mean, the movie is technically gorgeous. It looks great. They're so inconsistent in how much damage stabbing somebody does. In some cases, being slashed in the arm is like a life critical wound. In other cases, you can get stabbed in the gut like basically gutted your intestines are out and then you're back on your feet running around like five minutes later. A la the subway scene. Yes. And then like in the later on, she's walking around a okay. Just totally fine. Bullshit. It's ridiculous. But I was also thinking like when, when she runs up with no escort at the end after she got stabbed in the subway, I was like, I don't know you guys. Yeah. Yeah. She got slashed in the arm earlier in the movie when I think they showed in the trailer, they have to cross on the ladder and she's like totally useless. She's like, it's a lot of blood. I think I'm dying. Dude, that blue, that wound was bleeding. Yeah. The movie. Then she gets gutted and is like, I'm fine. Like, what? So I didn't, that, that took me out a lot. I did not like that. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. 
it's it's also really sucks that they didn't let any of the core four die. Yeah, they pl- all survived. Okay, okay, let me let me go through my positives real quick because I definitely am ready to rip some, rip some holes in this movie. Well, let, let me give my one last. Um, okay, John says he's not going to nitpick. I've got one other one. Is oh. like there are moments where characters should be using their cell phones to notify anybody for help, and they don't. They go hours until they like. There, maybe I need to check in with group so-and-so. SMS blast and like no one ever does that regularly. Like guys getting attacked by GoFace, send it to everybody at one time. Mm, right. Yeah. They sh- there should be a group chat going at all times with these people. Yes, absolutely. Lack of communication in this movie is like, it just doesn't make sense. Do you like how it takes apparently... 12 hours to get from the park to Gail's house on the island of Manhattan, which is like 12 miles long. So I don't know what the hell they were doing. Bruce Willis can do it in Die Hard 3 in like, what, nine nine minutes? That's a way better New York movie. Yeah, they were in a cop car and had sirens and it was broad daylight. It was like the middle of the day and then they get to Gail's house and it's nighttime. What the fuck? Didn't they do that in 5 too? Yes. I think so. It was not dusk. The the hospital scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm I'm being being generous, John. I'm, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to pull you back so you enjoy a little the bit. The sun of was like right above him. It's like noon. <laughs> <laughs> there was no action on those sundials. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. All right, Garrett, what did you want to say nice about the movie? A, a lot of things, actually. Okay. So this movie, and I, I, again, I sat on it a little bit. Initially, I've got some major problems with some plot and some writing, but this movie is absolutely top notch when it comes to the cinematography, the shots, the Foley work, the sound. I mean, this is a extremely, extremely competently made film. Agreed. Like it is gorgeous that the pacing is fantastic. The, um, the jump scares all executed wonderfully. I mean, there's some that are very familiar. So you kind of know where they're coming, but there's a lot of new ones that I was like, Oh wow. I didn't expect that. The actors and actresses fucking bang on. I mean, you may not like their characters, but everybody killed it in this. The only person I had a problem with, and it's just because the character was Kirby, um, the blonde, you know, FBI agent. She was terrible. I, I, I think that's just her character though. Cause remember in five, cause I recently, I watched five before, you know, we went and saw yeah. six and she was just as bad in five. So she was in five no, or four, four. four. Sorry. Yeah. That was the one. And, um, but man, I tell you what, this movie is extremely well done. And if you can just get past some of the, the issues we had with like the plot and some of the, um, you know, devices they use and the storytelling, it's an incredible movie. Yeah, as a work of... As a slasher and as a horror film, it's a very well-executed film. Yes, as, as a work of film, like the all the technical aspects of it, I agree with you. But you can't, like, just... If you just look past no, the no, plot no, I'm not, I'm and not, the characters... Well, that's what I said. I'm, not, I'm like, giving it, like, a, <laughs> yeah, a, fair like enough. A, a five out of five. Bloody disgusting, we're looking at you. Yeah. The, the kills way, bloody were, disgusting, get at us. We love y'all. Yeah. But... Um, the it, kills were great. Oh, These were probably some of the best kills in the franchise. Or this movie... Stabs. So let's, let me get my one nitpick out yeah. of the way. Because everything Everyone so far has had their like the one thing that bothers them the most about Scream. And as much as I love Chad and Mindy, I think they're great characters. The thing that annoys me about Scream movies is when the fucking ghost face knocks open a door that they've been trying to bust open for five minutes at this point, And they put their arm through and start slashing at nothing. There's no one near them. They just like put their arm through and like slash, 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 slash. It's like, dude, they're not there. They're across the room. You can literally see them. Yeah. Why are you slashing? Like, what do you hope to accomplish here? It's intimidation. <laughs> I'm coming at you. They do that in every movie all the time and I'm like why Ghostface like you seem better than this come here so I can stab you run into my knife Just so you know this is gonna happen to you yeah <laughs> yeah 
Well, I'm going to stand by the old saying that a polished turd is still a turd. Um, if I can't get on board with your story, I don't care how competent your film is. Yeah, but what about the shape of the turd? Is really good. Uh, it's it's like kind of ghost face-ish. Oh, yeah. You if know. you could poop out a ghost face, let us know. <laughs> so then let's get into the let's get into these these story bits because I mean not so much the plot. But let's get into this word. The the um, the meta thing in this one is franchise. The last one was you know requels. This yes. one's franchise, and they have rules based around that. What do you think? Also, though, as they beat you in the head with in the beginning, now they're also talking about the social aspect, right? So the first one was about toxic fandom. Now it's disinformation. Mm-hmm. So I do like that they're tr- they're trying to add more. I think they're two separate things, and we should delve both into those. Uh, but let's start with the franchise thing. That's my why I don't like screen movies. I don't think just talking about deconstructing horror movies like this is not clever anymore. But like twenty five years later, no, we've had we'd have elements of that in film since the original yeah. Scream was released. It's not clever anymore. We've done it to death. Yeah. But now the franchise rule is like, oh, now everybody's susceptible because it's a franchise. Even legacy characters can now get killed off because the franchise needs to live past the characters. Oh, we've said that before. The real twist is that rule was broken. This movie, nobody dies. Every single person makes it out fine. Except for the new fresh meat. Right. So mm-hmm. none of the core four the or legacy yeah. characters actually die. They subverted our well, expectations. That's not true, guys. Sydney did choke on a sandwich off screen. <laughs> We just didn't see it or hear about well, it. What she really choked on was the offer that they put on the table. And she's like, I'm not showing up for that. I want more money. Do you think and that's said, what it is? I, that's what's been said. She did oh. not like the uh, contract she was given and she thought she get, should get paid more. No, she dodged a bullet. <laughs> In our opinion. Yes. Yeah. I would love to have seen what would happen if she actually showed up. Like, how would that plot have played out? She's so much smarter as she did goes to these movies than she was in the first one. Everyone else seems to get a little bit dumber, the legacy characters, <laughs> except for Dewey, R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in power, my dude. I would have liked to have seen what that plot looked like. I think it would have been a worse movie. Because, I mean, what else could they have done besides what they did in Screen 5, where she comes in the end and then just sort of hangs around the periphery and then leaves? I don't know, like, yeah. unless they replaced Gail's character with her. They already have too many characters doing stuff. I yeah. mean, this movie felt like Tara, Jenny Ortega's character, had very little to do anyway. Yeah. She is the emphasis of what uh, Sam, Samantha, Samantha. Samantha, is going through. She's being too protective. But what does Tara really do in this? She's more of just like a fucking sidekick. She is a plot device. Yeah. Yeah. She stabs that one guy in the mouth. So I loved her. I loved her interactions. She yeah. was really smart and funny, but like, but yeah. story wise, like she doesn't uh, have a lot to do. Her romance with Chad was the worst. That was so yeah. weird. I was like, I, I get you go through things with people, but like, oh man, the whole will they, won't they, the whole film. Uh, I was like, this is awkward. And also this is your best friend's brother, like macking on your sister. Like, mm, that, that, I feel like Sam should have had a little more like, wait, what the fuck's going on here? I was more thinking they had like about as much chemistry as a wet blanket. They just did not <laughs> yeah. seem to like, I just did not see any sparks there at all. I didn't feel all. it. No, it nope. felt so forced. Well, let's get into the opening, right? So Scream is known for their intros. Or at least. Really love this one. What do we think? Where does it rank? This is a good one. It's good until you realize what the character's doing, and you're just like, no, 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 you dummy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not gonna... you you lived in New York, John. Yes. Let me ask you: Do you just randomly walk through alleys? No. Also, at night, uh, definitely not. Okay. The thing, any yellow dress? 
Well, okay, yes. God, that duh. dress, fucking Samara <laughs> oh. weaving in that dress. Fuck me. Yeah. The Jeez. L- the least believable part of this movie is that that woman was having to be nervous about waiting for like a first oh, date. She <laughs> plays it as if like, like I've never been on a date before. I hope boys like me. And yeah. I was like, girl, you have never bought a drink in your life. She is. She looks stupid. Stunning. So that part took me yeah. out a little bit, but also it's like, yo, it is 2020. She's Australian, right? Yeah. Okay. I was like, she had a bit of an accent. I wondered if that was for the movie, but I was like, oh wait, no. She's the niece of Hugo Weaving. Oh really? Mm-hmm. She was in Ready or Not. Yes. yes. And we'll we'll get into the the train scene. Did you notice there was the um, bride from Ready or Not in the train? I missed it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll get to that. That's good. Opening scene. Samara Weaving is a film professor. She's on some Tinder date or something. Blackmore yeah. University. Right. And she like her date's late. Calls on the phone and he's like, Hey, uh, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. And I'd like, be like, Buddy, it is twenty twenty three. Fucking Google Maps that shit. Right. What do you mean you're lost? There is no getting lost. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have no service. Yeah. You live in New York. City, you you get an Uber. We're well past the map quest era yeah. of getting lost, okay? But she gets lured outside from her date saying I'm lost and like, oh I don't see you. Where are you? And then it's like, I'm down an alleyway. So she just starts going down an alleyway when there's clearly nobody there. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I think I see you, and you see a shadowy figure at one end, and she's like, I think I see you too. And he's like, wave at me. He's like, no, you're not waving. I don't, I don't see. And it's like, at this point, you know, something like she's seen something different than what he's seen. You're thinking, oh, they're at different alleys. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, I'm going back to the restaurant. I'll call the cops. Have a good <laughs> <Right>. day. <laughs> uh, we'll get to cancel this meet and greet. Yeah. We're going to do this another time. She gets it halfway down the alleyway. And then the phone call changes. She goes down the alleyway because the guy acts like he's getting attacked. He's like, oh, my God, this person's right. coming after me. He's going to try to kill me. And then she runs up the alley to see, I guess, to help him. Girl, what you going to do? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Call the cops. Be like, I'll call for help. Click. Done. Hit her with a chonk law, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the sandal, baby. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah, she runs down the alleyway half through, and then the phone call changes to our voice modulator, our, our standard scream voice of, what's your favorite scary movie? I do a terrible scream voice, but you know what I'm saying. We know what you're saying. All right. He's like, you're a film professor, and you fell for one of the oldest tricks in the book, you dummy, and then jumps out from the fucking shadows and kills her. <laughs> you sounded her. like Fred Sanford, big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to join you. Yeah, jumps out, like stabs her multiple, multiple so times. Much. That yellow dress is red and meaty. Like she's mm-hmm. just chunks of chest. Yeah. Well, and the joke is dumb because the front of the restaurant is red. And she's like, he's like, is the front of the restaurant red? And she's like, I'm looking at it. It's red. And he's like, I don't see anything red. And then after he stabs her a ton and she's bleeding everywhere, he's like, now I see something red. Yeah. And I was like, bro, work on your one-liners. Wasn't great. Yeah. But then for the first time ever, we follow the killer back to the lair. And I'm he like, takes oh. his mask off right then. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, hey, it's the kid from Spider-Man. Cool. Oh, it is Flash from Spider-Man. I wonder yeah. where I noticed him from. I was, I was like, he looks familiar. I can't recognize him. I was him. like, go get it, Flash. <laughs> <laughs> but this, I, this gave me such hope when we first started watching this. Because the opening scene, the killer takes his mask off. We see who he is. And I was like, wow, we have subverted scream expectations here. Yeah. Like, it's I'm, like we are finally going to do something different in this franchise. It's been the same for every movie. Oh, imagine if the whole movie was from Ghostface's point of view. That would have been great. That would have been amazing. And I think this this got my hopes up. Ghostface basically actually having interaction with people who are starting to solve it and he has to change up his plan as he goes to kind of like adapt to people who are smart onto the scream rules. Like it's basically him having tried to outsmart the people that he's trying to outsmart. It'd be good. Yeah, all right. From that perspective, yeah. Scream 7, get at us. Yeah. So this character is actually a student in her film class and his roommate is in it as well. So he gets back to his apartment. He gets a phone call and he thinks it's his roommate using the modulated voice on him. He's like, hey, this isn't funny. We promise never to use the ghost voice on each other. Turns out it ain't the same guy who you think it is, buddy. 
but he's very nonchalant. He's given away information on the phone. And my first thought was like, bro, you're talking about a murder over the phone. This is getting recorded. Well, he starts out going like, we don't talk about this stuff on the phone. Don't say anything about this on the phone. And then it's all like, come on, tell me. He's like, okay, so here's what happened. I committed a murder tonight. And you're like, bro. Yeah, it was the best feeling ever. You asked me three times. You know, I can't say no if you ask me three times. <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, I really liked the dialogue in this scene, though. The, the interaction of the phone calls from the alleyway and in the, uh, the dorm room were mm-hmm. really well written. And also when he's like, like I stabbed her and she stopped being human and she started feeling like meat. And the more I stabbed her, she became less and less human. Like just the way that character delivered those lines, it was very impactful. Again, the opening scene of this movie gave me so much hope that we might be in store for like a really well-written, like fresh take on screen. As he's walking through his apartment, you know, fessing up to this voice on the phone, he thinks his roommate, he's like, hey, this isn't funny anymore. Where are you? He's like, I told you, I'm already here. Let's play a game of hot and cold. Yeah. And they go through the house. And when he gets to the fridge, he's like, red hot, red hot. And he opens up. Uh-oh. Roommate's been dismembered. Dismembered, yeah. yeah. And he's in pieces in the fridge. And I was like, his did you ghost think face ghost ever- face was in there going to jump out of the out of the fridge? That'd have been awesome. <laughs> he's like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been great. I got stuck in here, just like every 80s television show yeah. said you shouldn't play in refrigerators. I did. I didn't have, if they uh, when they make scary movie seven, that's what's gonna happen. Exactly. Uh is Ghostface ever dismembered and chopped up people before to no. that degree? He's he's a stab and go kind of killer. He's disemboweled. He's no, I really can't think of any yeah. dismemberment. This is a pretty in-depth murder for a uh, trap. Yeah, big step know? up for from Ghostface. Now, the weird thing about this is they have cameras inside their house or their apartment. What mm. the hell is that about? Some people do. Whoa, weird. Don't yeah, do that. that stuff. No, someone's going to hack that IP. Yeah. Get you. I could never be comfortable with cameras inside my own home. All right. Switching <laughs> gears. Uh, then it cuts to... Where do you think he dismembered that guy? Because, man, there would have been blood everywhere. Oh, good point. Must have been the... There's a whole American Psycho scene we didn't get. Okay. You know, laying out the tarp, tarp, talking about Genesis. Is that a ghost face mask? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Um, man, that would have been great. Here he was in the news. is playing when he comes home. <laughs> yeah. I like Soundgarden's earlier stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> So from out from behind the character, once he finds the dead body in the refrigerator is our actual ghost face. Yeah. So he comes out and then I think the, the students, the film students were all like, we're going to finish Richie's movie. We got to finish and kill the Carpenter sisters. Yeah, they were like a little cult group. Those two right? who were going to basically finish Richie's movie. Right. And so after he gets stabbed a few times, he's looking up at the new ghost face standing over him. He's like, but what about the movies? And the ghost face goes, fuck the movies and then slashes. And we get the title screen. Scream six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that, that gave me a lot of hope. I was like, they're going to fucking do away with all the movie meta bullshit. It's going to mm, be a brand a new experience, slasher. but no, no, we fall right back into the formula. Here we are. Welcome to scream. That, it, it, this is the first time of many times throughout the movie though, where this movie tells you it doesn't like itself as much as we, at least Mark and I didn't like this movie. Uh, Cause they constantly seem to be insulting movies film uh that franchises was a very weird thing it was like it was like isn't this stuff dumb here's this stuff and you're like bro yeah. you're not really setting the tone Fuck right. movies franchises suck it's, like it says stuff like that but then halfway through the movie it just stops to smell its own farts for like 20 minutes and uh, just like isn't scream amazing that scene aren't was- we so fucking great as a franchise and it's like no no you're not mm-hmm. this is gross yeah, that scene with Kirby and uh, Mindy 
where they were like whoring out to each other. Oh. I was just like, this is this is gatekeeping each other with yes. the trivia. Eye rolling. What's the best whatever? And they both th- say the same answer at the same time. We're just like, oh it's god. Like, great, you don't have unique thoughts. Way to go. <laughs> it reminded me of that scene from Pee Wee's Big Holiday where all like, what's your favorite ice cream? Vanilla. And they both answered the same time and I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Pee Wee's holiday, much better movie than this. Yeah. <laughs> at that point I was I was like, man, if I wasn't doing this for the podcast, I might almost walk out. <laughs> No, I was you wouldn't. So really? over it, yeah. Wow. I was so done. But anyway, let's keep going. So we're introduced to our characters from movie five. They've moved to New York. Tara's in college. And Which makes a lot of sense if you're basically scared of randos coming after you and yeah. trying to kill you. Why not go to one of the biggest crime infested, massive places full of tons of people? Busiest city in the country, probably. Well, you're probably thinking I'll be in public and surrounded by people a lot, so I'll be safe. True, but they were in public and surrounded by people in the other movies, and they were all getting killed there at parties and everything else. So Only parties. Stay away from house parties. That seems to be the message of Scream. Yeah, you hear that kid in play? Yeah. Damn. There's a new house party coming up, by I the way. I saw it. It's already out. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's it good? sucks. No. 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 Yeah. So Samantha is currently in therapy. If you remember from part five, she started seeing her dead dad in visions, and that will continue unexplained and in her this dead movie dad as well. is Billy Loomis. Yeah, don't worry. If you don't remember, the movie's going to tell you seven million times. From Scrum 1. It will not let you forget. (laughs) No. So she's talking to her psychiatrist, and I don't know if it's here or in another therapy session, but he's like, if you don't tell me the details and we can't get you help. It's it's here. here. He only sees it. Yeah, he only sees them once. And And he turns out to be the worst psychiatrist on the planet. As soon as she tells him the story, he just fucking melts down. He's like, I can't can't do my job. Malfunction. Go away. (laughs) And it's like, like, what? My favorite part is when she's explaining. So one of the things that happened now is a lot of people think Samantha actually orchestrated all of the killings. An and, online conspiracy theory, if you will. Yes. And that Richie's actually innocent. And so she's telling this to the therapist and she's like, here, let me show you. And she gets out her phone and like in one button, she's like, let me pull up my hate site. She's got a bookmark. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, damn, man, like that's no wonder that is unhealthy. Disconnect from your haters. Do mm-hmm. not look yourself up. No. If you're popular enough to have people talking about you, stay away from it. Yeah. Haters hate. The doctor malfunctions when basically she's like, I stabbed a guy 22 times and killed him. And she's like, and honestly, I don't feel bad about it. I kind of like got a thrill out of it. And he's like, okay, yeah, so we're done here. Like he does not know how to handle this. Like he's like, oh my God, maybe she is fucking crazy. And then he uses that whole, like, I've got a report. And she's like, I didn't say I was going to do anything. And he's like, I don't care. You got to go. Yeah. You still seem kind of murdery to me. So, <laughs> so she leaves frustrated because she doesn't know she's ever going to get help with this issue she's struggling with after uh, part five. Yeah. So she goes home and this is where we meet her roommate, Quinn, and she's having very I loud. I forgot her name. Quinn. Yeah, she's having very loud sex in her room and, and Samantha thinks it's like ghost face for a second and then realizes like, oh. Quinn's just getting banged. Yeah. Well, we need to set this up because later the opposite will be true. Yes. So, so yeah, that's true. This is a Chekhov's moaning. (laughs) (laughs) Chekhov's sex off. Oh, (laughs) coming soon to discovery plus. (laughs) Uh, So she, Quinn comes out and, and, and Sam's like, Hey, where's Tara? And Quinn's like, look, don't be mad. Tara went to this, uh, frat party. And Sam's like, what the fuck? All right, let me go get my taser. And off we go to the frat party. And yeah. Now, I, I, I turned to you, John, after the scene finished, and I asked you, did this guy really deserve to get tased in the balls? Well, he hasn't been tased yet, but no. What's about to happen is some <laughs> poor guy is going to get tased in the balls when really 
he, I would say he deserved to be tased, but maybe not in the balls. Wait, you think he had to start to be tased? He did yank her up the stairs. That's well, not. I, it didn't seem nearly as tasable of an offense. He didn't really yank her. She kind of pulled her back, and it kind of made her fall on the stairs. And she was also going up there willingly and said so okay, multiple fair times. fair point. This is like going to a party, doing a hookup, and then getting tased by the friend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home early. That's getting cock blocked. Yeah. yeah, totally. Well, let's get there. So uh, I th- all, I'm, all I'm trying to say is I feel like this character should have been more gross yeah. in the, uh, presented in the movie. You know what I mean? He was right on the line. I'll give you that. He seems like He's someone who the knows the line yeah. and is staying just there. He could be a giant piece of shit. I just don't think the movie quite portrayed Got it enough there. for ball zapping. Yeah. Well, it's funny. They're like, like, you're going to go upstairs with Date Rape Frank. And I know they were just using a fake name, but I was like, is that really his nickname? <laughs> or, <laughs> like, if if that's that the truth, then I want that yes. backstory. He's like, yeah, fuck that guy. Tase, Zap tase him twice. Date Rape Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his friends just call him date rape, though. So yeah. they uh, call me Dr. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Frank. God. So cuts to this frat party. It's your classic frat party. Da 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 da. Tara meets this uh, frat bro at the keg. They're out of beer. He's like, "Hey, I've got Fireball upstairs." She's like. Let's fuck a skedaddle. And there's not a more frat drink than Fireball. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that. I was like, oh, man, I'm glad I'm not in college anymore. And cinnamon flavored schnapps, everybody. So her friends see her going up there and tries to intervene and is like, no, I don't think you should go. And Tara's like, I'm fine. All right. I'm going to go get banged. Y'all could go home. Don't wait for me. So she continues. Her friend goes to get Chad from the first movie. For a split second, I thought Chad was gay. At least the way he was dancing around with that boy at the beginning, doing the scenes that was like straight out of Ghoulies. I, think, I was waiting for Toad Boy to show I up. I think in five, we're also supposed to get that feeling that maybe he might be kind of closeted or whatever. Yeah, but then they turn him into the romance character, yeah. or you know, the love interest for Tara. And I was like, wait, oh, okay. I guess I'm misremembering things. He's just, you know, very confident. He's trying to, he's trying to pump up his roommate. Yeah, he's like, you got to get out there. You got to go hit on a girl and do a thing and a thing and a thing. And then, like, the friend comes over. He's like, Tara's being drug upstairs by one of the frat boys. And he's like, not on my watch. Yeah. So then he starts a fight with it. Well, it was it was a very classic frat bro fight where they're both like, you want to go? You want to go? You want to go? <laughs> and nobody's swinging. A lot of chest beating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. And then uh, Sam comes and tases the frat bro right in the dick. And uh, takes uh, Tara and storms out. And then we have a good scene here where basically Tara's like, like, this is my life, my choice. I'm not choosing to live in the past stuff that happened in Woodboro. Like, you got to move the fuck on. And if you're not going to, I am. And guess what? You can live in the fucking past. And you start to see a rift between the two. And she goes, if I want to go upstairs and get banged out by some strange frat boy, then that's my decision. Yeah. You've got to let me go. Right. Yeah. And we're going to hear that about yeah. 19 Rem- times. Remember that line. It let def- me go. Let, let me-, me go. <laughs> and then a total random stranger comes by at his like, hey, you're Samantha the killer. I'm going to throw my fucking drink at you. It's like, <laughs> if you think this bitch is a murderer, why would you attack them? I think it was for the video. And it turns out that's like, it gets shared everywhere. Yeah, it goes viral. It's probably true. trying to provoke. You know what I mean? But wouldn't you be worried about being murdered? 
Not in New York. You're surrounded by people. Oh, yeah. no, all right. Yeah, Using yeah. your own defense against you. You got me John. there. Because if we know one thing about New York, murders never happen there. Yeah. It's well, true. you know, it is one of the safest big cities in the country. It I'm not going to sit around and let you besmirch New York. This isn't the early 90s anymore. <laughs> no, no. It's not gangland 1986. <laughs> no, we've moved well past that. Or they have. I don't live there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got no stake in this yeah. game. <laughs> they, another sort of frat bro fight where her friends are holding her back and, and then they storm off. Well, they go back to Tara's apartment yeah. and we're introduced to the fresh meat you know we've got annika is mindy's girlfriend we've got ethan which has strangely curly hair like one of the characters from the previous mm. movie it looks very much like the killer yeah from five the thing is broccoli hair though the kids love that so love it that's yes. very in right now okay broccoli so, hair is a style yeah if and i that, go to the master cuts and go give me the broccoli hair yeah give me the cool. broccoli <laughs> go walk by a gym all you'll see is just little broccoli tops <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so and this is that's chad's roommate broccoli head yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a carrot top but less funny Okay. This is where they're basically just sort of winding down and, oh, then the news pops up and is like, oh, murder, murder on Blackmore campus. Look at these dead people. And unlike, I and mean, you've worked for the local news, mm -hmm. they can't show dismembered people on the local news, can they? No. Yeah. It's against the rules. Yeah. I was pretty sure. Not in the, not in New York though. They're going to show you the fridge, the guy's like head. Uh, <laughs> just like I said in the omen, if we were getting bombarded by actual dead people on on the news at all hours, we would be a miserable bunch. And her friends are like, Sam, you better come in here. Murder's happening. You're going to want to see this. And they're like, you know, oh, and these people are also ghost face aficionados. And they showed their little ghost face shrine. And so Sam's like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Well, they go, hey, Quinn, your dad's a detective, right? Call him and see if there's anything that we should be concerned about. Because they found another ghost face mask. Right? right. And Sam wants to leave. Tara's like, hey, before you unilaterally fuck up my whole life, let's get some more details. And so they call Quinn's dad, who's a cop. And his dad's like, hey, I was just about to call you. We found your license here. I need you to come down to the station. She and goes to the station with Tara, right? Yes. They're both heading down there to talk to the police chief or the detective, right? Right. They get a phone call. Some, uh, Samantha gets a phone call on the way there. And it's Richie's old telephone number Ooh. with his picture. And she's like, I never deleted his number. Who could this be? And it's Ghostface. Yeah. Which, you know, I totally believe. I probably have all kinds of, I mean, hopefully not dead people, but all kinds of people I don't talk to anymore in my context. So I buy it. It's true. And I don't remember exactly what they say, but it's probably something to the effect of like, if you fuck with us, we'll, we're, you know, we know how to handle ourselves. Yeah. It's a standard. I'm going to come get you. And they're like, fucking come get me. And then he jumps out from a <laughs> He's like, okay. And jumps out from behind a bunch of trash cans. He like tackles Tara, but yeah. they, they fend him off and then run off into like, they run into the, the bodega. Yeah. They run into the, the bodega. bodega. And if you've seen the trailer, you've seen this scene. So they're like, help us, help us, help us. And, and then Ghostface walks in. He starts killing everybody. He, the storekeep tries to kill him with a shotgun, misses, ends up dead with a shotgun. Poor storekeep. He's just trying to be a good guy. I like this scene. I thought this scene was pretty good. Yeah. Um, also, there's a lot of broken glass. And as they're crawling around, I was like, you'd be cut up. Yeah. Also, he would hear the glass crunching beneath your knees and you, stuff as you're well, crawling they, around. They actually do that. They they climb the glass, hear a crunch, and he does a double take over yeah. the sound. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so then it's a big cat and mouse, very tense. I mean, up till now, the movie has been very good. Uh, they managed to sneak out of the bodega. A bunch of cops well, come. They, they push a they push a giant shelf on top of Ghostface, right. and they run out the front door as the cops, you know, swarm the front of the building. They're like, "Go out the back!" And then you actually see the back door like closing itself because he ran out the back door. But there's a Ghostface mask laying in the middle of the bodega. And now we cut to the 
Popo Station. And this is where they're like, cool, we're getting out of town. We're out of here. And that's when the detective's like, hey, by the way, you can't leave. You're part of an active investigation. You stay put. And they're like, no. And then that's when... Before you go, Kirby, we have a legacy character to enter the scene. Well, Now she's in the FBI. Yes, Kirby is an FBI agent. Yeah. And you know what? I hate this character's personality so much. But man, the actress who plays Kirby, oh, fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, man. Whenever she popped on screen, I was like, all right, I'm back in. Yeah. Got me hooked. <laughs> all right, I'm back in. I like it. I don't know. I've never been in a murder interrogation. So I don't know if this is true, but it seems unlikely that they just put photos of dead people yeah, just yeah. all in front of you. And they're like, look at all these dead people. Which one of these did you do? Yeah. It happens on Law & Order. It can happen in this movie. Okay, fair enough. And they, they do explain here that every mask is an old one. So the mask left here is... they're the finding ma- DNA from previous right. people. This is the them. mask from Ghostface 3 or some shit. Well, it's six or it's five and then four because they basically like, they're like, oh, they're going in... Because re- Kirby, when she pops in, she's like, oh, wait a minute. They're dropping these in reverse order because they're basically working their way back to one. Yeah. With the DNA and stuff. Stuff like that and so and to be fair to kirby's like character again like i don't care for her little bumbling like i'm an fbi she's like the new dewey and um but like man she does an amazing job like i i like i believe the fact that she was actually like investigating and like coming up with these clues mm-hmm. it was a little like i mean now that we learned later on that she actually was like kicked off the fbi or some shit but like when she shows up in her like leather jacket yeah. and her fucking like punk pants and i was like wait a minute this is not regulation wear. like you can't it's not casual friday at the fbi every day i've seen the x files y'all wear <laughs> pantsuits <laughs> tara samantha one of them goes like what are you even doing here and she's like i am interested in every ghost face case yeah Okay. And she's been tracking these two people online. So the two uh, ghost face folks from the opening scene, she's like, I've been tracking them for months. It's like, damn, you're really shitty at your job then. Cause these people just killed somebody. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, Sam and Tara decide to leave and outside the media is gathered and guess who's there. Uh, Gail. Yes. Whoa. Gail Weathers. Wow. John, you nailed that. I know. I, I thought you were going to miss that. I didn't know you were going to get that right away. Well, the thing is, I can remember things from yesterday. <laughs> Barely, but I can. Yeah. And this felt so unnatural because Gail pops up in her standard Gail way. But again, I was like, we don't even need her here. Yes. And we've lost all character development from the last movie. Yes. Turns out she did write a book about what happened. Uh, even though at the end of five, she's like, I'm going to write a book about Dewey, a good cop. And, and that's the story people want to read. I liked it because they, they turned this scene into a, you know, like she's like, like you said you were going to do this. She's like, well, someone was going to, I had to. And I like the fact that Gail kind of reverted to her bad ways because that's just kind of her nature. But I like the fact that they really made her reflect and be like, you know, like, are you not partially responsible for this stuff happening because you keep doing this thing and blah, blah, blah. And she has this moment where she kind of like stops and does self-reflection. She's like, Oh God, maybe they're right. But then she immediately just abandons that growth and goes back into, well, got to cover the story. And I was like, God damn, like her character just cannot go anywhere. Yeah. She's been having these moments of self-reflection since uh, Scream 1. For 25 (laughs) years, man. It's ridiculous. So So it's like, okay, whatever, fine. You're going to do this. And then Sam takes a swing and she ducks and is like, ha ha, see, I have learned. I'm smart. But then gets decked by Tara Tara instead. Hasn't learned that much. No. We cut back to the psychiatrist's office. Oh, right. And he's doing whatever he's doing, and somebody's at the door. He's at home. He's watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the the OG one. This one likes to show better movies than the movie that I'm watching, and I'm like, I would rather be watching the original Invasion. Yeah, that's a good rule in horror movies. Never show a movie that's better than the one you're making. Yeah. Yeah. They also showed Friday the 13th. 
Yes, oh. they did. Jason takes Manhattan. I did see that. I, I was, was like, like, oh, they're showing that. Okay, you're in Manhattan. Get it, you guys. It's meta. But it's at, meta. At least this one was a worse movie than the movie we were watching. <laughs> I don't know. I think I might want to watch that one instead. <laughs> you don't. I'm telling you. Right. This kill was brutal. So the psychiatrist uh, hears like a knock at the door. And he's like, this is weird. Who knocks on doors in 2023? And I was like, I feel you, brother. So he's like, hey, who's there? That's what you took away from it? Yeah, Hell yeah. Dude, when <laughs> someone knocks on my door unexpectedly, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just going to wait till they go away. Also, when <laughs> someone calls me. Yes. Like I'm like, I think I remember how to do this. Hold on. <laughs> I call you all the time. You're Mark. the only one. Nobody else calls me anymore. I'm used to Garrett calling, but when I get calls from other people, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's like uh, my, hello, hello, my family. And that's about it. <laughs> So he starts walking toward the door. He's like, who's there? You know, who is it? Knock, and, knock. Who's there? Yeah. <laughs> Ghostface. Ghostface who? And oh, really? Where are they hosing him down? I like it. Where? <laughs> <laughs> so Ghostface punches through his glass door and takes him and just beats the shit against like this iron working that's on his door and then stabs him in the face. Like, they said through the nose. Through, which, yeah, I mean, I guess. Like through a nostril? Yeah. It must into be the brain? Th- it was in the side of the brain yeah. or side of the nose straight back in. Yeah. It'd be more like your ocular cavity. Point is it would suck a lot, a lot. And you see the whole thing and then he sort of flops over and you watch him bleed out for a while. That, that was a well done scene. And this guy has physical files. Yeah. That he keeps in his house that mm-hmm. Ghostface walked in and took Samantha's shocking. Then and leaves a mask. Of course. Because we do that. That's the most obvious calling card we can have. Yeah. Then we, it cuts back to the police station where the detective's like, guess who was just murdered to Kirby? And Kirby's like, uh, the psychiatrist? And he's like, <laughs> yes. Isn't it really suspicious? And Kirby calls it out exactly. So you're saying Sam left here, killed her own psychiatrist, her own alibi, and then stole her own file. And the detective's like, yeah, that's weird, right? <laughs> You know, I think the worst actor in this movie is the detective. I agree. Like, he was kind of bad. He reminded me of someone who walked out of, like, one of those later Hellraiser sequels. Yeah, when he was doing, like, the straight face cop stuff, fine. But when he has his turn, I'm like, oh, this is too hammy for me. This is a bit too hammy for me. Right before the psychiatrist gets killed, we get the rule scene. And I blocked it out of my memory, so one of y'all can explain the rules. It felt like I was in the writer's room, and they were trying to justify this meta shit, and then, then they just kind of fucking put it in the movie. Because yeah. honestly, like what you said at the top, it's all about now, is it's a franchise, which means anybody is susceptible to death, even our original characters, and we can kill the legacy. In fact, you should expect the legacy characters to go. Mm-hmm. And everybody's a suspect, even... Sam and Tara, everybody. Yeah. Now the group has gone on to really dial in that this Ethan character, the one or broccoli head, broccoli head, yeah, is the killer. Yes, he's they're all the one. they're all convinced, but they don't have any proof. No, just for being weird. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a killer vibe, bro. No, you're shy and timid. You must be one of the killers. Oh, he also fesses up during this scene. He's like, "Am I going to die a virgin?" Yes. Which I, and they're like, "That was an overshare," and he was like, "Yep." I, that part was okay. Yeah, I did laugh at that. I thought the rule scene was fine. I thought it was really cool. I thought the fact that Mindy was like, all right, I got it wrong last time. I've got to make, you know, I'm going to do this right this time. I'm going to really call it. Like, she's got something to prove. I thought that was pretty cool. Some of the rules were dumb as hell. But one thing we never get in these movies is when everyone's like, you know, like any of you could be a suspect. No one of the new characters always goes like, well, fuck y'all. I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to be your friends if you think I'm a killer. Yeah, I just leave. Yeah. Adios. I don't want to die either. 
Just you know go what? someplace public so you always have an alibi. And then guess what? Boom, you're done. Beyond suspicion. Yeah. If I was the new character and I'm like, Samantha, everybody thinks you're the fucking murderer. There's murder is happening that's very similar flavor to what you went through already. Uh, bye. I'm going back home to, you know, my dad's house until this is all yeah. blows over. They've only been friends for six months. Like, it's not like they've known each other since yeah. kindergarten. No. I'm like, look, uh, I got to go somewhere where I'm not going to be killed. So talk to you later. And in reality, you're probably not going to talk to these people in the next 10 years anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we didn't mention, but across the alleyway, there's this hunky guy that keeps showing up shirtless that they oogle, you know, the yeah. Carpenter sisters like, man, look at that cute tall, guy, tall drink of water. I think they say, yes. What a <laughs> confidence boost to be cast in a role that's known as cute guy. Yeah. That guy must be walking on sunshine. Oh yeah. He's happy about it. <laughs> Turns out that Samantha has been having a relationship with this character and she's kept it quiet. Yeah. I don't know why. Because the whole time she's been super protective of nobody being around anyone they don't know. No one basically like creating bonds with people they can't like, you know, be completely aware of. And she's basically been like, like don't have connections with people. So if she was doing it, it would be hypocritical. And plus she's the one that has to be like, like I'm super already on top of it. You know, like I'm not doing that, you know, lead by example kind of thing. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yes. And so that, cause he even says that he was like, yeah, it would be a shame if your friends knew you actually were willing to have physical contact and connections with people and she's like they're not ready to hear that yet now she must have Hermione's little time uh, machine because we also hear that she works two jobs so how does she have enough time to work two jobs have this relationship and be all up in Tara's life constantly she never goes to work once in this movie that's true but well, Tara- she had a week of PTO I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> Fair enough. So the movie's going to throw out here and there, you know, it, it, this is at the end of the day is a whodunit mystery story. Who's in the mask, right? It's fucking Scooby-Doo. So did you at any point think the neighbor hunky man across no. the street was the dude? Too obvious. Yeah, too obvious, right? Yeah. Um, they also are going to introduce that Kirby could be the killer. Wait, really? I thought it, I thought it could be him. You did? I did. Oh, I, I didn't. I, was still, I never was. I was still buying the whole, like, it could just be any random people in New York. And I thought, like, like oh, what if she moves to a city and then there's just a fucked up city and people were just like, oh, you know, we can fuck with her. Like, it's a, like, kind of like a Blair Witch 2, like, group psychosis type thing. Like, like oh, we could do this thing to mess with this girl type thing. I just don't think he was on screen enough with our main cast to be one of the Which is why I thought face. maybe they'd, they'd flip it up a little bit and be like, ah, oh, you didn't suspect the character that we didn't give a shit about, you know? <laughs> right. Well, they do, I mean, I won't spoil it till we get there, but one of them is like a bullshit twist. I mean, it's not a spoiler. Oh, to say the reveal in this movie, yes. I'm very pissed about. It's not a spoiler to say there's two Ghostface. There's always two Ghostface. If you didn't know Except that. Except in part four, well, because right. Kirby goes like, the only single Ghostface that actually did it. Very ambitious. I thought that was a nice yes. line. Mm. Um, if you didn't know that, I don't know how to help you. So the first Ghostface, I was like, okay, yeah. The second one, though, I was like, that is a bullshit twist. But we'll get there. Are you talking about Quinn? Yeah. Okay. We're uh, gonna say spoiler. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm gonna actually spoil this one because I just wanted to make sure I was on the same train because I forgot that that was the same character there. Yes. So in fact, in this scene, Quinn gets murdered. So we cut to their apartment. We learn about the core four. It's really just some scenes of them sort of it's bonding. A good bonding moment. Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, Ghostface gets in there. Well, because hunky guy next door is seeing Ghostface inside the house, and he's like trying to yell from his closed window through New York City streets to another closed now, window. He opens his window. Well, eventually, but at first he's like, he's like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, they can't hear you, bro. Why didn't they? Th- he should have thrown things I at the window. That. Yes, throw. You, there's nothing in your apartment. Use your you giant throw. ladder to break their window. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. So many options. Instead, he does none of that. And Quinn 
gets murdered. So Ghostface is in her room, stabs her all up, kills her little boy toy. Everyone thinks that she's getting fucked because there's like some like moaning type things coming from her room. Check off, sex off. Yeah. There you go. And turns out it was Ghostface. So now they all sort of scatter. Well, somehow Tara and Chad end up outside, locked out of the apartment. Tara, uh, Sam tells them, get out of here. Yes. Okay. And so they leave because they think everyone is also leaving, but they, uh, Ghostface cuts them off and then okay. locks the door. That was the plan. They were all trying to run out the door, but he, he cuts them Got off. Got it. But well, yeah. So Annika is there. She's been stabbed in the belly. She's And Annika out. is like the love interest of uh, Mindy. 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 Right. And Mindy's in the room and Sam's in the room and they're all trapped. Oh, and this, when, when Ghostface stabs Annika in the stomach and then starts lifting the knife off the gut area, I was like, oh my God. And you start seeing like intestines kind yeah. of bulge out. I was like, okay, Scream 6, I see it. You going hard this time. And yeah. guess what? You ain't going nowhere. You ain't climbing no ladder. You ain't doing nothing of that with your guts hanging if out. If your guts start to come out, you have to hold them in. Like, yeah. I think like the human body like pushes them out in a way. Yeah, like, I think so too. So I, I get, like, I get it. They're all panicky. So this is the scene. Let's just get there real quick where they finally, they open the window. They see the cute guy and he's like, look, I'm going to help you. I'm going to pull a ladder across. I've got a comically large non-retractable <laughs> ladder that I'm going to send across. Very weird. But lucky for them, he has this in his apartment right. somehow. <laughs> where does he store it normally? Who knows? Well, this is why I thought he might be the killer because he has okay. all this stuff that he could get into windows and I was, I was like oh okay I see you dude you're dropping little subtle visual hints that you got the means to, mm-hmm. to fucks with some people fair point and he's like so they're like all right crawl across the ladder into my apartment to safety and they all are just like I can't do it it's too scary and it's like you don't have there's only there's two options die or maybe die it is the Hollywood trope of crossing a ladder over a plateau and Oof. Or because this is just a person in a mask, team up and kick their ass. Also, well, all right. There's only Sam, though, who's functional. Mindy got sliced in the arm, which totally like shuts her whole body down. (laughs) She is is a shell of a woman at this point. And Anga really is fucked. I mean, find her. But the two could probably in real life overpower one individual. They already did because Sam beats the shit out of him with a knife block and then Runs throws away. it and runs it away. Well, she knocks him, no, no, hold on. She knocks him down once with a knife block and then runs away. Yeah. This movie is peppered with a one hit, quit it. Hit it and Fair. quit it mentality. <laughs> yep. Start stomping his ass. Start spreading the news, baby. <laughs> hey, you want to know who's in the mask? Yeah. You got him down. Take the mask off. Okay, it's you. And then blam, blam, blam with the block and we're done. Over. But no, or they blam, run away. blam, blam with the block and then take the mask off. I like that Either option. The way it works. Yeah. yeah. So, so many choices, but no, we're going to take the ladder route. <laughs> so they cross this ladder and it takes forever. Finally, it's Annika's turn and she's like, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. And this, I felt bad for her. She gets a like halfway across and Ghostface finally gets in the room and then he just starts fucking with the ladder. Yeah. He's like janking the ladder up and down and she's like hanging onto it. Like one of those like bucking Bronco things over this like large New York city, like alleyway. The minute the ladder was extended out the window, I was like, oh, Annika's falling off the ladder. Yeah. Like there's no way that's not happening. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it might've been Mindy at first. Because again, at this point, I was still fully on board with they're going to kill all of our characters. All right, fair. Maybe. I thought Tara was going to get it too. Mm. I, th- I thought the only one getting out of this was Sam, and I thought that was going to turn her into Ghostface. That would have been a better movie. I think Jenny Ortega is too famous to get killed off. But She's that's what made such a like a ooh, ultimately going to be the next Nev Campbell of the series. She wasn't famous though, and they filmed the movie. Was this before Wednesday was it filmed? Was before Wednesday well, was, was released. In, she was an ex. She was an ex. And she was really big in that, too. Oh, okay. She got a lot of fame from that. 
Well, there you go. So she's safe. The only reason I thought it was going to be Annika is because we saw her large intestines come oh, out yeah, of her no, stomach. No, there was, once I saw that, there was no doubt she was going to die. But I thought Mindy might die on that ladder, too. Okay, fair point. I would not have been surprised. But no, it's Annika. And homegirl gets wiggled off the ladder and she falls. And you're like, oh, we're about to see her splat on the ground. No, we're going to see her fucking head lob against oh. the edge of a dumpster before she hits the ground. And then we're going to focus on it and see how her skull has been crushed in. And I was like... Goddamn Scream 6. Like, Almost as good as Puppet Master Littlest Reich's trash can kill. Almost. Not Very quite. Very similar. That's, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. But this movie needs to work to get on Puppet Master level. <laughs> right. So <laughs> this has to work to get on Puppet Master level? <laughs> yeah. You heard it here. Wow. Littlest Reich better than Scream 6. <laughs> if wow. I had to pick one movie to watch, it probably would be Littlest Reich over this one. Agreed. So at this point, the cops show up to investigate what the fuck went down. Ghostface gets away and um, Detective, you know, Busybody, I can't remember his name. Bailey. Detective Bailey, you know, has to deal with the fact that his daughter has been quote unquote murdered. We just see him walk out and start crying. And he's been pulled off the case. Yeah. He's too like, close. Oh, we don't mean his uh, son died in a bus crash or some shit. So he's like, my whole family's dead. So point is both his kids are dead and, and he's like, yeah, they took me off the case. And I was like, yeah, that that's make, smart. Yeah. You can't investigate your own kids murder. That would be weird. Please don't have a grieving father investigate a case. But the carpenter sisters are like, we're going to find this guy and execute him. And he's like, I'm in. Yeah. You fuck with my family. You die. Well, I like when cute guy shows up because he's like, he's like, like, Hey, what can I do? And she's like, you gotta get away. I can't trust anyone. He's like, good point. Don't trust anybody. Not even me. Deuces be safe. And then broccoli head shows up and, um, it's like, I was an econ. Uh, You could ask anybody. I was an econ. I was like, all right, there, murderer. (laughs) (laughs) I, again, Mindy's interaction with, you know, that dude, what the fuck is that dude's name? Ethan. Ethan is, is fantastic. Again, I love the interplay between a lot of these characters, but yeah, it is pretty good. So then Gail shows up, right? This is where they go to their, their yes. shrine. Gail. Okay. This is the part of the movie that really, I, I, I don't know if you guys heard me in the theater, but I was like, fuck you. I didn't, but okay. I, I, I felt the same vibe. Gail shows up and is like, Hey, I'm here to help. I came, you know, I'm, I'm here off the record. And they're like, oh, fine. She's like, I found the creepiest shit. Let me show you. And she's like, I'm an investigative journalist, Kirby. That's how I found all this shit. Uh, Cause apparently Gail and Kirby don't get along. I don't know. I I don't, I don't remember Scream 4 well, There's animosity between them. Right. Because she didn't like the way that she was treating Dewey. Because she kind of had a crush on Dewey, remember? No. Kirby <laughs> did? Yeah. And so she didn't like the way Dewey was being treated by... Because they were separated at that time. Mm. Okay. So... Well, is it is this the point where they reveal that they've located the planet Hollywood full of yes. uh, memorabilia to all the Scream franchises? Yeah, like, I found this warehouse. You guys got to come check it out. They go inside and it is literally... But they also tell Gail she's not allowed to go. Oh, no, yeah. this comes later. That's later. That's the, that's when they were because she's not in the museum with them. Is she, she is at this point. She the is. One. Okay. The she first time. Books. Yeah. She sees right. her books and she's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I did have a pot in this. Hmm. Okay. Yes. I'm not going to let this change my beliefs at all, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they walk in. It is like a Smithsonian exhibit of like every piece of evidence, uh, burnt telephones. I mean, you name it. It's hand-drawn sketches. Right. I was like, where did they get the screenplay with all the fucking panels to the deaths of the characters? <laughs> well, they they actually come and like, yeah. drew all these? And I was like, answer that question. You right. Know, like, yeah. So, and then, then the piece de resistance is Billy's uh, ghost face costume and mask with blood. All seven of them. Yeah. Well, yes, all, they're all, all there. Five of them or whatever it is. But I thought it was Bi- nine. N- 
Yes, because I'm saying, yeah, there's multiple. Sorry. Yeah. But it's 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 done in like this semicircle of like mannequins wearing the hoods and the mask of every single one. And the masks are like gone, slowly going away. And those are the ones that are being left at these, um, you know, murder scenes and stuff like that to kind of make it look like it was the old killers. Yeah. But Billy's is the only one in the glass box. <laughs> so I guess that the uh, Richie's family is rich as hell. And they can just afford to build a museum to their franchise in yes. this New York well, block. They got all that sweet killing my son settlement money from Screen Five. <laughs> I guess I this is like the Batman layer, dude. Like you know, you go into the yeah. Batcave. Any and a T Rex. <laughs> right. yeah. How does he afford this I, anyway? Yeah, they go to their Screen Pewter, and <laughs> <laughs> so Alfred walks in. He's just like, "What can I do for y'all?" But the but then there's Billy's knife and that like draws Samantha and she's like zoomed in on it and uh, she starts to hear voices of Billy and hallucinate Billy again and she's like not now ghost Billy I'm busy <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that bothered me is the blood on that knife basically still looked wet it was really it very sticky yes I was like I don't know that that's how blood looks in 25 years but all right no I think if I was gonna have a ghost face museum i would probably wash and sanitize the knives before i put them on no, display no, no, the you blood want the is blood. part of it dude that's the that's the moment that's the scene what they I should have so. done is put the knife in its own con container where they can control the humidity a and keep it moist within a container within yes. a big building container yeah. and our characters do say like how do they get all this police evidence and, they, and they're like anybody can get police evidence yeah. it's Pol easy police <laughs> like money evidence disappears i was like no that's the whole well, point of evidence <laughs> and that thing is is when they say that line they specifically look at Kirby like, like oh, oh yeah. she's with the FBI maybe she has an ability to get this kind of stuff because she's very involved with every ghost face thing remember so right. at this point they're painting Kirby as a potential issue and cute boy is a potential issue and broccoli head is a potential issue those are you our say big... issue but you mean suspect yes yeah, suspect yeah. Yeah. Okay. the only Sorry. reason I didn't think it was Kirby is because the movie wants you to think it was Kirby so bad and like every oh, yeah. in every screen movie if the movie tells you this is the murderer you know it's not them even so. Detective Bailey comes out and is like she was fired from the FBI FBI months ago. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah really? That's, a, that's a, the, the next um, planet Hollywood scene. But <laughs> yeah. yes, I mean, the thing is, I was like, what a way to subvert your audience though. Actually make it the person that we have been trained not to suspect. Yeah. If they were brave enough to do that, they would have got me. Cause I was like, no way it's Kirby. You hear that scream six, you cowards. It, they are cowards. You played it very uh, safe. Me and the wife called the detective like real fast. I thought Kirby was in on it. My well, wife. I didn't call the detective. I did I didn't not see either. that coming. But the thing that basically, again, my second fuck you moment is when they actually reveal the ghost faces. So let's Ugh. get to that soon. Yeah. I, the only one I thought I was like 85% sure on was Ethan. The other two, I did not okay, well, pick guess, up at all. Yeah, so that's all. Of them. So yeah. So fast forward now that we have a plan. We're going to use you two as bait so that we can get ghost face. They go to this park where they you know, have a, your usual sting set up. Ghost face calls. This is great because this is a 100% reminiscent scene of scream two. There where um, Jamie Kennedy, yeah. what's his character's name? Randy. Randy. Randy <laughs> um, basically gets killed. And, that, and they actually acknowledge that. Again, there's some really great meta moments in this movie that they write really well. She's like, this is exactly how Uncle Randy died with this and this and this. And then Kirby's like, stay frosty. Shit. She's like, fuck, I didn't know that. Um, also, we need to stop using the phrase stay frosty. It's overused. Yeah. I've never heard that phrase in my whole life. Really? Never. Oh, it's all over the place. I was like, what is she telling? Stay cold? Stay, I mean, I, stay alert. Yeah, I figured it out in context. I was like, that is a weird wording. All right, you got five more times to hear it before you're tired of it. Yes. <laughs> so Ghostface calls and is like, y'all think you're so clever with this trap. Guess what, bitches? I'm nowhere near you. I am far away. Ha ha ha. Click. And turns out he's at Gail's apartment. 
On the Upper West Side. Uh, 96th Street. Which means Gail also moved to New York. Oh, yeah. Well, she was already in New York in five. Remember? Oh, that's she right, was. That's right. She came back. That's how come her okay, and Dewey broke point, up. Fair point. Yeah. And Gail is living her best cougar life. Oh, yeah. She is dating the tallest, darkest, hunkiest man. Mm-hmm. Probably in New York. Who has about zero lines in the movie. Actually, my favorite part about that. They hardly even show his face, dude. He's just a silhouette of a fucking chiseled man. Yeah. You're like, who is this guy? He's like, he, uh, someone's on the phone for you. He says he's the killer. Like, his, what? Credit, his credit is just a hot bod number one. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much, dude. And she's like, oh, the killer. Yeah, let me give him. And then she's like, go call the police. He's like, got it. I'm going to go in a dark corner and call the police. So why? The, the, this scene was really weird for me because, again, like she, she takes that phone call and she's like, you're not the first person to do this. I've had like 10 other dudes call and do this. But when she takes that call initially, she acts like she had never experienced this before. Like she's really all over the place with how she interacts with this. And if you have had 10 people do this before, bro, like you suck. Get a panic yeah, room. Immediately have mm-hmm. a, like a, the, the cops on speed dial, you know, like tell them to trace your line, you know, record your calls. I don't know. I don't know. It was, again, this is another moment where Gail's character really had no bearing on the story other than the fact that she had to have a fight and almost get killed. I really thought they were going to kill Gail off. I thought so too. And I actually stand by that this movie is uh, afraid to move the plot forward because they almost killed her off. And then the paramedics like, we've got a weak pulse. And then we never hear or see from Gail again. Do you think that was test screening, test audience shit? Or do you think they actually like always never intend to kill her? They need to have at least a legacy character that's willing to come back to any sequel to get more people interested. And Gail's that... Courtney Cox at this point, right? Because Nev Campbell ain't coming back. Probably they they killed Dewey. I mean, they got Kirby. Yeah, but not legacy (laughs) legacy. She's like mid legacy. Yeah, but it's so long ago at this point that it's basically. Yeah, you're not wrong. And plus, I'm sure Courtney Cox is like, don't write me out. Yeah, I want to do more of these if I can, please. But it felt so cheap and it brings it really lowered the stakes of the movie. At that point, I was like, oh, they're not going to kill anybody. Right. And that holds true from this point forward nobody dies but they want you to think that everybody's gonna die yes so the hunky hunky no-faced boyfriend gets killed off and then she is holed up in a room right locked the doors right she gets She's her on gun. the phone talking to the guy the whole time and she puts three bullets through the door mm-hmm. i put six shots in them and you think that that would have got him but somehow it didn't. Well, only well, he wasn't if, by the door. Yeah, only if he was an idiot. He just like moved to the side. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh I, if I were standing there, that would have hurt. Well, she was like 100% sure she got him. She's so dumb. And she, like, her IQ dropped like 50 points. And I don't know. I, I've never been shot. Let me just go on record and say I've never been shot at this point. I like to keep it that way. So, you know, if anybody knows of any plots to kill me, yo, give me a heads up. <laughs> um, but no, that being said, like, I don't think if you get shot, you don't make a fucking noise. No, I don't know if war vets get shot and go. Mm, well, this, nice. this movie has like a also and I think screen five is even worse at this. So I probably ranted about this then bulletproof vest. Stop the bullet. It still hurts like a motherfucker and you are down. You probably have a broken rib. I hate when movies are like, ha ha ha. I had a bulletproof vest. I'm totally fine. Well, that's what he says on the phone. It's like, I could be wearing a bulletproof yeah, vest. Like you would still be, it'd be, I love your ghost face voice. <laughs> <laughs> you'd still be down for the count, bro. So cause we find out who it is. Like y'all would be in so much pain. Well, she goes outside to check, and then how does this scene play out? They basically, it's a chase scene. 
Gail lives in this apartment that has like no hallways. Everything is corners. It's all corners. It's a, it's a loft type situation. Yes. With standing walls and stuff. She lives in the biggest efficiency <laughs> you've ever seen. Ghostface jumps on her. They get in a little physical struggle. And, a tussle, if you will. Yes. And Gail gets the upper hand. And she like throws him through a, we say him, but it turns out it's a guy and a girl. So actually, I mean, I guess if you watch this movie back, you could probably figure out who it is at any given time, mm. but throws Ghostface through a table. Well, isn't she the one that hits him with the stain? The, the, yes. The, um, the, what the, the cast, uh, iron cast iron pot. Right. That happens right at the beginning where she could have just won. Right? I dropped a cast iron on my hand the other day when I was cleaning it. And let me tell you, you get hit in the face with a cast iron. You're going to take a pause. Yeah. Broken nose. This. Yeah. At least Conor McGregor is going to, least basically take a breath you no, know not ghost face though miguel gets stabbed in the shoulder and the leg yes so she's been limping around while ghost face is on the ground she thinks she's got the upper hand she's gonna go stab him but he gets her with a shard of glass from the table he fell on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is the end of gail wait no just kidding so as the paramedics run in they're like oh my god get him away get him away you think that she's dead because jenny and uh, or uh, yeah, sam and, and sam and tara tara come in and sam's like hey dick face and Ghostface is like, bye. And then she shoots. <laughs> Again, announcing that you're here before firing the gun. Yeah. So fucking dumb. But the paramedic before they leave is basically like, get the, get the flatbed. She's got a faint pulse. And I was like, no. Yeah. No. Like, that's the whole point of this. Is like, legacy characters can die in this movie. And mm. it's like, they don't do it. No. Again, this is like, I, I don't know if they were trying to be clever and like, ah, you thought we were going to, but we didn't. But I think you might be right, Mark. I think this may be a don't write me out of this series just yet. I know? would buy that if everyone else is fine too. I mean, later in a yeah. few minutes, Chad gets used as a fucking pin cushion. He gets stabbed a hundred times by two ghost face. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he's just like, power of core four. He's on the fucking gurney. He's like, <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. And he gets put in the back of the fucking ambulance. Come on. So at this point, they're all going to get away. And this is where we get our subway scene. Basically, yeah. the, the core four and the friends are going to basically like go to a certain place. Well, they to, have the to plan to yeah. make the, the theater a kill box. They're like, hey, we're going to go there. There's one way in or out. I don't know what theater they've ever been to, but fine. We, we lure him in there and we trap him. And the cop's like, I'm in. Y'all stay in public. We'll meet there. I'll call Kirby. Everybody meets there. And then they get on the subway. Mindy and Broccoli Rob um, basically <laughs> get like, they get like held up. So they actually aren't able to catch the same train. So they have to get on the train behind the other group of characters. Chad, Tara, Sam. And, uh... Cute boy. Cute, Cute boy. boy's there. Yeah, there you right. go. Because Cute boy's with them, and um, he gets told not to go inside the, the planet Hollywood. <laughs> right. Marcus dubbed it, which I love. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we get this awesome scene. Everyone's in Halloween costumes because it's Halloween night, and everyone's in costumes. There's some amazing references to tons and tons of mm -hmm. uh, horror movies. Hellraiser, uh, I saw, yeah. Pinhead. All the Paramount properties are represented. Well, um, yeah. Us. They had the family from us. Oh, did they? Was it? Yep. Mm. They were in there. Didn't um, see that. The nun was there. I the saw the twins. From Ready or not? From The Shining. The they twins were there. Were there. Um, Andy Warhol, which is not really a horror property. Um, there was, but there was a ton. Like if you actually go back and see that scene, there was a bunch of really like random ass movie references there too. There was also someone dressed up as Mojo Jojo from Powerpuff Girls, which nice. I thought was hilarious. Nice. But anyway, it's a great scene. So you kind of seen it in the trailer. Basically, there's a bunch of people who have ghost face masks because it's become a popular trend now that the ghost face murders are happening. And as they're all on the train, as they go through now in on the subway, are there really sections where the lights go out like that? No. Well, I'm going to say, 
say I haven't been to New York in a couple of years, so maybe the subways have gotten shittier. But in my time, and I've ridden the subway a lot, I don't remember it just going black for 30 seconds at a time. That seems very, very unlikely. That seems like New York 1930. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, it gets power. I don't know where the subways in this movie get power, but it gets power from the third the rail, third rail yeah. which if the train isn't touching, you've got a lot of problems. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know what is happening. But, but we need this to happen for, you know, to up yes. the uh, tension here. So. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. They're fine. like, we've got 10 stops till we get to the planet Hollywood. Which This scene is amazing, though. It is well done because you don't know what's going on with train number one. And in train number two, Kirby's actually, or I'm sorry, Mindy is actually seeing a ghost face kind of slowly like step by step move closer every time the like the screen goes black and then comes back yeah. it's moving and moving and then she gets stabbed in the stomach she thinks it's ethan but it's actually not ethan he's not near her she'd been mad dogging him yeah. the whole trip too mm-hmm. let me t- pro tip just take a fucking uber Take a taxi. The odds of you getting a taxi that's Ghostface probably <laughs> I would love zero. It stop like he just puts the mask on. Yeah. It's like it's go time, and it's like <laughs> it's like a Danny DeVito on the fucking radio. Yeah. Ghostface, you gotta pick up. <laughs> no, it's Danny DeVito with the modulator. Yes, <laughs> like a scary movie. I would love that. Odds are zero. Don't get on the fucking subway. Tony Danza is Ghostface. <laughs> and then, listeners, they, if you're uh, younger than us, you don't know what yeah. taxi is. Go look it up. Get with it. Uh, and then for my New Yorkers, they take the local. Why would you do that? Take oh the boy. express. Here we go. Anyway. Here we go. <laughs> well, they said the more people, the better is That's like basically advice, what they said. As we see. So Mindy gets stabbed anyway. They get off on the I platform. I love Mindy's line. She's like, damn it. I was wrong again. She gets real, real stabbed though. Not just a little stab, no. like a lot. Stabbed and up. Basically the same thing that happens to uh, Annika. Annika. But Something that would put you out of commission. If you're not dead, you're out of commission from that gut wound. Yes, for a long time. If your intestines get cut, you have some serious bedridden recovery surgery like you yeah. like not you're not well, better she, goes, she gets taken to the hospital so maybe she had surgery but she should not have been out an hour and a half later yeah. walking up to the ambulance at the end of the movie it's, but yeah it's not outpatient surgery <laughs> <laughs> she is so well enough to be walking around that she should have phoned somebody and says i got stabbed yeah but so, that doesn't happen they don't hear about this for hours no now we cut to planet hollywood kirby's there and she's like i checked everything we are safe. This is the only door. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. And they tell Hunky Boy to stay outside because yes. they can't. We don't can't trust, trust you. Him. And he's and he like, goes, I get it. Yeah. He's real chill about it, which I think is a very believable response. Which I thought would be even a better twist if actually he's been so accommodating this whole time. And I'm surprised he actually was totally involved in it. But he wasn't. No. Fucking movie. <laughs> Detective Bailey shows up and be like, Kirby's the killer. She's been kicked out of the FBI. And everybody's like, ah, you piece of shit. We knew it was you, Kirby. Samantha goes and grabs Billy Loomis's knife because she, he's like, Billy Loomis is like, you got to protect yourself. You know, you're an idiot. You walked into a locked location. You dummy. And it's like, man, way to be hard on her. But I mean, he's not wrong. So she Look, grabs. Billy do you know Loomis how much knife. energy it is to be a force ghost? He does not have time to be nice. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't attest to the. Uh, the he only levels. shows up in reflections. Yeah. He's got real shitty force powers. Maybe the next movie he'll actually become r- real. Oh. And then he will become forever Ghostface. That would be dope. But Ghostface forever. Nothing, Scream Seven. That'd be awesome. Nothing about this m- franchise makes me think they have the uh, uh, fortitude to do something that <laughs> awesome. Probably not. So basically at this point, they're all locked inside the kill house and, oh, Kirby could be the killer. The detective's there, but oh my God, is it? Nope. Kirby walks out and she's like, don't move. The cop is actually 
blah, 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 blah. They end up shooting Kirby down. And so he doesn't get a chance to, she doesn't get a chance to say it. Then a ghost face comes out and starts attacking everyone and chases Chad and uh, Tara downstairs into the lobby where they think they've escaped ghost face. And they're having this little meet cute about like M&Ms that are there from like 1914 or whatever. And they end up making out. So we get the resolution of like, oh, they finally made out. Congratulations. It seemed weird. It seemed unnecessary, but we had to have it happen, I guess. Why didn't you kiss me sooner? Uh, yeah, she's like, it's okay. You can kiss me a lot more time. Stab. Yep, that's it. Exactly. Chad gets stabbed. And uh, then both ghost face come out. And this is where we see those two ghost face now. And they fucking pin cushion Chad. They're holding him up each by one arm. You know, both yeah. ghost faces are holding there and it's like, you go, my go, you go, I go. Stab, stab, stabity, stab, stab, to stab, to stab. Should be dead. Should be fucking dead. Yeah. Tara's like, oh shit, runs off. Yeah. Then we I go did. back upstairs. And oh, so Tara gets stabbed too, by the way. You forgot this because it doesn't yeah. come into play at all. Oh, that's right. That's but right. she gets stabbed in the back and right. magically heals up. But anyway. Wolverine powers, as you said. <laughs> so she gets back upstairs with Samantha. And at this point, it's Sam and Tara versus the world. And that's when the cop comes out and he's like, they're like, it's two ghost face. And he's like, I know. Let me tell you the backstory that you guys have been missing this whole movie. And he spills his guts in the weirdest, most, I don't want to say poorly, but weird, no, like poorly. delivered yeah. like monologue of like, you see, here's the thing. <clears throat> I got three kids. One of them is Quinn. You thought she was dead. I replaced her body with another cadaver that I had with prosthetics makeup. Bull What the fuck, dude? No, I'm not buying that. Number two, my other son, Ethan. You're right. He did juke the fucking roommate stats, and uh, we're getting revenge for our third son, who was Richie from the last movie. Oh, my God. Uh, And I'm their papa. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Scream 6. I guess we also need to mention that the police is only represented by this one detective in the whole movie. True. Yeah. There's no other side cops that show up and talk to anybody. That would have been smart, but no. The thing is, if you've got this many murders revolving around one girl and you think that she's a suspect, I feel like the police would have a a tail or you know some kind of yeah. surveillance on her at least part part of the time i mean i think so my head canon is that he must have run interference because going obviously way, way back to the beginning he's like you can't leave town she's like i'm fucking leaving town at that point they would arrest you if you are like yeah. a suspect for murder and you're like yeah i'm leaving you don't just get to walk out of the police station so he must be like providing air cover so that look they defunded the police they're short (laughs) on handcuffs he had no choice but to let her go anyway so he gives his whole monologue we now find out that the the family the family tate or whatever the fuck their name is what is it bailey bailey Bailey. the family bailey is basically like we're getting revenge for richie baby because he was my favorite number one son he used to make little fun movies look i have one in the film canister right now to show you right they have a big screen playing his movie throughout because this used to be a theater right as i mentioned you know with the lobby thing my boy loved these movies so i love them too and then he's like i rented this place out under the fucking names of the two university students that basically killed the professor to throw the police off or anybody off from knowing where they, it's like, stop, just stop talking, dude. <laughs> just like stop. the yeah. moment he kept like going on and I was like, you are literally shooting holes in your fucking backstory. He's like, here. I thought Kirby would find it and then it would be her on her somehow. And, but Gail is so good at her job. And so we had to take Gail. I'm like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about, dude? I thought of that scene in the Incredibles. He's like, you got me monologuing. Cause he just kept <laughs> going and going. It's so bad. 
It's yeah. so bad that it's reminiscent of like when the villains in James Bond would reveal the entire plan. Yes. And then I walk love away. A good villain monologue. But the thing is, the more he kept talking, it was like, I replaced her body with another cadaver. We put prosthetics on it. No one can tell the difference. I was like, except for DNA and blood work. I mean, yeah. I know it takes a long time for that shit. But even then, like someone, the, the corner is going to be like, this is a fake face. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> even Hannibal Lecter had the decency to pull his off after like five minutes. I mean, yeah, it was ridiculous. Just the things he kept saying. And this is the part where I was so frustrated because up until this point, while I did have some very major issues with this movie, I was enjoying the movie. I would agree with that. I didn't hate it as much as I do now until the final act. There were parts where I definitely rolled my eyes and like, this is really stupid. But at this point, basically, once they got into that dumbass lockbox, hotbox, murder box, whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, uh, the planet Hollywood. Yes. Like yes. I, I did not want to watch any more of the movie. Thank God Planet Hollywood's out of business so we get sued <laughs> so bad for this. Then becomes a big battle. It's a battle royale, if you will. So Sam and Tara are going to try to escape. They run up the stairs and then Quinn's up there with a knife like, uh-uh-uh, you're not getting past me. And then Tara starts, to, like she somehow falls over the railing and they're holding onto each other. she's got converse. <laughs> she gets like knocked by Quinn. It doesn't matter. So she's hanging on and... and, and From the balcony. Yeah, uh, so Tara's hanging on to... Uh, Sam's hanging. Sam's yeah, hanging on to Tara. Ethan's down there just stabbing the air like, oh, I'm going to get you. Like a shark below her just like waiting to chomp. And they like sister power the idea that uh, Sam's going to give Tara her knife. And when she drops, she could stab Ethan. Well, she says, you have to let me go. Yes. She's like, I can't. She's like, trust me. You need to let me go. And And then looks at the knife and they're both like, aha. Yeah. And then Sam goes, you see, my secret is cap. I'm always angry. I'm and always she fucking stands up and it's time to go serial killer mode. Yeah. And it's like, okay. When she <laughs> drops and fights Richie, she stabs him in the fucking face. Well, she like, takes a, she takes a knife wound yeah. to yeah, the belly. Yeah. She gets she gets stabbed, but as Don't he's worry, like, on it doesn't top of her, <laughs> he's, he's like, ha ha, I've stabbed you in the gut. And she's like, aha, I'll stab you in a fucking mouth and stabs him through his open mouth into the back of his head. And he's just like, what do you do at that point? Honestly, you freeze. Yeah. You die. She, she twisted it and everything. She twisted the knife. And so that's how um, Ethan gets taken down. And then upstairs, you know, um, <laughs> Quinn is like, now I've got you. Well, the thing is, when Samantha dropped Tara, she was then able to pick up the gun that fell at this point, And she's like, pow, right through the head. Love this scene. Very Indiana Jones vibe Un- to it. Ceremoniously, just like, boom. And she's like, that's why you always got to shoot him through the head. But right behind the daughter is the father, and he's like, "My my girl!" Like, and he like bum rushes her, and they both kind of like, dude, this pissed Wolverine me off. Fight each oh, other, so fucking, so, so they start charging each other. It's like, you have the pistol, yeah. cop. What are you doing? Because she's out of bullets. She's out of bullets. Yes, so but he's goes, not. No, he had her in his sights, and he and she's like, ah, and he's like, oh, I guess we're doing a run thing. <laughs> this is I I understand, and I love this in movies because I actually really love these scenes when someone runs it. Like, I'm out of bullets, so the only thing I can do is charge the person with a gun and hope I get there first and yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, is it was a balcony covered in random debris and stuff like that. She would not be able to charge straight at him. He would have been like, pull, trigger, yeah. bam. Like, he would have had like five opportunities He's to shoot her. He's a cop. Her. All they had to do is show that he was out of bullets, too. Problem solved. Five, Mark. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He has this thing where he wants her to get in the costume before yes. they kill her. It's like, just shoot her and then put so the they, costume on so The thing is, they started the rumors that she was the killer, like his daughter, right. to basically so they could frame Samantha for all this stuff, get revenge for Richie, and then frame her for the murders of everything. And bada bing, bada boom, it all wraps itself up nicely. No one's going to investigate this. We're done. 
Which is bullshit, but yeah, still. it doesn't make any sense. But this movie falls apart at the end. So they basically run into each other and fall over the balcony, land on the ground, and as they do, I don't. Oh, the cop passes out. So now we switch to cop view. So the cop <laughs> passes out, and then we watch him kind of wake up, and Samantha's gone, and she's wearing the the scream robe and the mask, and he's like, "What you think you're gonna get me?" Like blah blah blah, and he's just like, you know, like come and get me, coppers. Like yes, <laughs> that's kind of how he is. And then she sneaks up behind him and. And then she stabs him and she's stabbing him over and over and over again. But right before she goes in for the kill, Tara walks up and goes like gives her the look. And she's like, I'm not a killer. I'm not going to be what you think I am. And then stops from killing. But you fucked with family. Yeah. Tara, I think, gives her the OK. She does, because after she stops, she's like, like I'm not going to be like what you think I am. And then Tara's all like. Go for it. Fucking kill him, sis. She's like, did you mess with our family? And then they shoot him in the fucking head. No, they stab him in the eye. They stab him in the eye. And I was like, wait a minute. So this is all about revenge? Like, it's okay to kill if it's about revenge? Like, they literally are doing the thing that the cop family was doing and acting like it's okay for them. I I don't know. I had a real problem with the messaging at the end of this movie. it's even worse in a way because really only one of their friends died, which is sad, but only Annika. They don't know that, though. They don't know that, but still. Fair enough. But yeah, it turns out only Annika dies. Talk about bad luck. Yeah. As they're leaving the planet Hollywood, all the cops and the ambulances shows up and they're like, we found another one. Yeah. And I was like, if this is Chad, I'm going to be so pissed. It was Chad. Yeah. It was Chad. <laughs> Real quick. We got, we have to do the same thing we did in every other fucking screen movie. As they're about to leave, oh, right. Ethan runs at them like, ah, not doing anything productive, just running at him. And then Kirby pushes the TV on top of his head, much like Stu Mocker from Scream 1. And she's like, I saw that in a movie once. Zing. Now talk about some of the most unbelievable items that would be on display at this planet. Hollywood would be a CRT television. Where did he even get that from? From Scream One, from the house. No, yeah. we know that. But in like finding it and getting it thirty yeah. years later, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. That, Who do you use to move all this stuff too? Because that's a lot of witnesses that know that you got fucking true. Scream merchandise. Right. The Scream merchandise. You know what I yeah. mean? The detect- merchandising. <laughs> Detective Bailey somehow got all this stuff out of the police station from a different city, mind you. They're mm-hmm. in a brand new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which. Yeah, it whatever, make I any guess. Sense. Anyway, whatever. Honestly, guys, we're going to have to let this go because we're not going to find no. the answers we want here. I can't even come up with headcanon for this. It's just gibberish. And again, everything up and even the scene is not well, not poorly done. It's just so fucking weirdly played out and almost predictable, but not predictable. And then the way it pays off is just, uh, I don't know. But anyway, as they're wheeling out, yes, we find out that Chad is still hanging on, barely alive. She runs up, Tara takes his oxygen mask off, makes out with him. And she goes, oh, you probably need this. Yeah. I, maybe don't fuck with the guy who's been stabbed a billion times. That was a little cute and funny, though. I'll give it. That was the closest to chemistry they had in the whole movie. <laughs> so I'll give him that. It only took him almost dying a second yes. time for it to actually happen. And then Mindy comes out of fucking nowhere. She ran across town. <laughs> yeah. Like on foot. It's ridiculous. And uh, the core four is back together. Well, in, you know, a little more pin cushiony form, but yes. Yes. Oh, and then a cute guy comes too, right? Isn't he there? He's the yeah. one who saves them. He's like, I thought you might need backup, so I called the police. Yeah, he He's like, good going, buddy. And it's like, and y'all could have done this at any point during the movie. Right, but... So Tara agrees to go to therapy. Sam agrees to not be so controlling of Tara's life. Tara, Tara, whatever. But Sorry. we get a really interesting scene because evidently Sam had brought back Billy Loomis's scream mask with her outside the building and she has it wrapped up in a sweater and you think, oh no, did she fully snap finally and become a scream killer? <gasps> no, she drops the mask on the ground yeah. and walks away. 
so that one of the people there could pick it up for Scream 7. <laughs> yeah. Start their collection. Yes. And we still haven't really resolved the fact that she's seeing her dead father speak to her. No. It's very but weird. But she's choosing the life of the good person and not the serial killer. I guess that's what that means. It's a struggle. It really is. Daily struggle not to stab people <laughs> in the face. If this ending had been better, I would have loathed this movie less. But the ending was so bad, I really like cannot in any way recommend. I'd rather watch. I would have given it four out of five stars. Yeah. If the, if the ending monologue, if the the plot of the the scream killers, if the ghost faces hadn't been what it was, I would give this movie four out of five stars because I feel like it's that well done as a movie. But well, that at least it's not as convoluted as five. The the monologue at the uh, end of five was a oh my mess. god, that was a yeah. huge mess. So at least it's a little better now, but not by much. No. It's like, how can fandom be toxic? Okay, calm down, bro. Yeah. (sighs) Go back to 4chan. Yeah. Like I said, this is not a franchise for me. I don't really enjoy it except for the first one, so I wouldn't recommend this either. Um, There's so many better things to watch at this point. There's so many Mm -hmm. movies out there. Go watch Cocaine Bear. You'll have much more fun. (laughs) Agree. Or Puppet Master Lilith Reich. Yes. I'm going to say I recommend it. If you're a Scream fan, you're going to have some fun with this movie. I can't say you're going to have a great time, but I can say you're going to have some fun with this movie. It's a really well done movie. And like I said, the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, I did enjoy my time with it until I was bombarded with that ending. And it just really, oof. It's like the opposite of Paranormal Activity. You get nothing for fucking an hour and a half, and then you get one rad scene at the end. This is like you get a bunch of rad shit all the way up to the end, and then it's just like, womp, womp. Don't you besmirch paranormal activity. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to call Mika and have him over to your house. Uh, you know what? This movie would have been better if Mika were in it. <laughs> Could have watched him get stabbed like a pink cushion. You know, Mika would definitely have a ghost face like shrine. Mm-hmm. This movie made bank. It was the biggest scream opening ever. Was so, it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. This movie is making money hand over fist. So I'm sure as long as it keeps turning money, they'll keep printing them out. It won't be going anywhere anytime soon. No. I hope for Scream 10, we go to fucking space. Yeah, I'll be. I'll jump Gots right to. back on there. If we're in space, bro. <laughs> we got to do it. Uh, imagine Ghostface in an astronaut suit. Oh, I would love it. You so. see, I actually applied for the Air Force just so I could become an astronaut, just to get revenge yes. on you in space, because I knew you had a mission coming up in 15 years. Now, if you were to wear a Ghostface costume in space, would you put it on top of the spacesuit, or no. would you put it no, inside? inside? It's got to be inside, dude. That no. would be so creepy to have a Ghostface mask inside a fucking astronaut well, helmet. That would be very comical to stretch it over the astronaut. <laughs> yes. Helmet. No, it's, it's under the, the mask is underneath the the helmet, but the the the, the robe, robe is on the outside. It's there all glowy and zero G. That would, would actually look really fucking. Yeah, that cool. would be dope. Look like a Mysterio character yeah, or something. This is the stupidest idea. Hollywood, get at us! No, please don't get at us on that one. All right. Well, any other lingering thoughts on Scream Six? Take that as a no. Garrett? Take that as a no. (laughs) That wasn't even a question. That was just a take that as a no. Yeah. Uh, Listeners, have you seen Scream 6? Why don't you let us know your thoughts on it? We've got an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter page. You can find everything we're up to at thegravetalk.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. We'll see you then.